Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hi, Tom Murphy. Welcome. We are on the road in Mountain Home, Arkansas. It's the first time we've ever done a show here. We spent the day fishing. This is really the most unlikely lead-in you can possibly imagine, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's fine. I saw the picture of you with your men- kissing that minnow that you caught, so that was pretty yep. cool, Justin. Yeah. I don't. You know, I like to leave the big rainbow trap for uh, Wes and Pat and hmm. Terry and the other guys around. Browns. What's up, Tom? Oh, they're rainbows, man. Rainbows. Uh-oh. Yeah. Man, I'm ready to talk some football. I'm ready to watch some football. That? I'm, We're I'm catching rainbows? About... Sorry, Tom. Sorry, Tom. I just learned something. Wes has uh, just realized he caught rainbow trout. Yeah, bub, that's what we call him. That's what we call him. <laughs> I had no idea what I was catching. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Tom, first day of camp. Um, what, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings today? You got to be excited. I mean, uh, you know, we had a long, hard off season. Although it's again, every year it seems like the talking season uh, picks up, and we have less gap between like signing day and the start of football, or I guess spring football, and then and then fall football. But uh, what are your thoughts as we get ready to go with camp on day one? Just really stoked up. I mean, I think I probably reflect the average Razorback fan that, A, they're happy that Sam Pittman was hired. B, they're happy they won a bunch of trophy games. And, you know, people now think of Arkansas football in a different light. Um, And it's so much different than it was, you know, three years ago when it just seemed so dismal. And uh, there's so much to watch and so many newcomers. And the quality of their newcomers now, uh, go back four years ago. Think about the, all the newcomers who came in. I mean, and there were some great signees, you know, Knox and, and guys like Jefferson and, all, and, you know, Poole and those guys coming in. But I'm talking about the totality of the class plus the transfers. There's so many good, you know, deals to watch. And part of the lead-in you played for me was, you know, defensive line. Are you going to get any rush? And Sam talked about how, you know, it doesn't always come from your edge people. So um, we've got to hope, uh, as people who cover the team, that they get just as good or better pass rush um, and replacing the Trey Williamses of the world and the, and the Mark Ellis's and the John Ridgway with guys like, you know, Drew Sanders on the edge and uh, uh, Zach Williams and Eric Gregory and Jashad Stewart and Eric Thomas being better than they were. And then it's going to be compelling that, you know, I thought Torian Carter was going to be an above-average SEC player this year and a potential breakout star on on the inside. They're not going to have him for a long stint this season. So does that mean Isaiah Nichols, Terry Hampton, Jordan Dominic, um, and, and Lewis, Taylor Lewis, the guy you mentioned, can they pick up that slack? Can they tie up blockers? Can they can they defeat guys and, and hold gaps and stuff? So um, just going to be so much fun stuff to watch in this camp. Hey, Tom, I'm really uh, kind of interested in the, the defensive alignment. Because, you know, last year they played a lot of three-man front, dropped eight into coverage. And it sounds like this year, you know, that it's a possibility they, they play with four, but then that four may be a linebacker that's rushing the, the quarterback. Have you you got a sense of what they may want to do defensively this year? Oh, I think it's going to go game to game. The game plans are already probably being formulated from what they know for these teams. Like, you got your Ole Miss game plan, you got your Bama game plan. And it's going to vary. I mean, in times where they need to stop the runs, let's say, let's take the Georgia game last year, for instance. The three-man front just didn't work. Georgia fit it, fit all their their blocking responsibilities. They cleaned the linebackers up. 
and the running backs were getting to the second level with like one guy on them, you know, you know, an arm on them, and that's why Georgia just stayed on the ground. Um, so when they play teams like that, they're going to have to be able to get beefier and have four guys on the front, or you know, fill the box a little more, and then hope that you cover on the edges. Um, in teams that have uh, spread offenses that are going to test you deep, uh, throw their tight ends and things like that, then the three-man front's going to come in. And, and I just think that they're going to be very versatile and they're going to have multiple packages where guys like Drew Sanders can free up to, to rush the passer, get some one-on-one. Um, and then um, other times where they're just going to have to stack up and fill the run gaps better. Tom Murphy with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Do you think with the, the DBs, you know, there was a there, there's talk with uh, McGlovern that, that they got a chance to play more man-to-man this year and mix in some different coverages. How do you think that impacts the uh, the defense and what we see, having corners that are capable of playing more man-to-man? Right. Well, if you can do that, um, then obviously you can do a lot more creative things. You can bring your safeties in. You can you can send your safeties. You can send your nickel um, and then cover him with a safety, that kind of thing. Um, but – I'm yet to be convinced that they're going to be able to survive game after game. Uh, I know there's not a Jamison Williams Jamison Williams out there like Bama had that you just really have to devote two guys to him or, or run the risk of or, or playing his own and tackling well. But you know between Hudson Clark and Ladarius Bishop and McLeathern, um, Kewan Parker, there's a few other guys. Malik Chavis, um, they've just got to. There's going to be times where they put those guys on an island and cover man, and then there's going to be other times where they have help or they're in some, some zone stuff. So I just think we've seen enough data and and film from Barry Odom in two years here that they're going to come up with some decent schemes uh, that teams are going to have to solve and then try to exploit. But, but they're going to be able to, to be versatile and be multiple and use guys in different ways and Quite honestly, they stacked up a ton of DBs. I think I think Anthony Brown and Breeny and maybe even Jalen Lewis, we're going to see good things out of some of their younger guys this year. Uh, they've got a lot of names in the secondary and um, uh, uh, just going to be an intriguing position to watch. And, and I haven't mentioned, you know, the stalwarts. We know what what Jalen Catalan can do, what Slusher and Simeon Blair can do. But um, that's just going to be a fun position to watch. Talking to Tom Murphy on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. We talked about versatility a little bit ago. Let's talk about it with quarterback and Malik Hornsby. So intriguing, Tom, and I think we're all anticipating a, a larger role. I mean, that's what they've said, that he'll have a role one way or the other. You know, at uh, SEC Media Days, Coach acted like there was still a quarterback competition. I don't think any of us really a- expect a quarterback competition, but um, – I mean, what do, you, what do you think about that part of it, I guess? And then also, what? Uh, how much do you expect to see him on the field? I mean, because they can use him in so many different ways. And we were thinking maybe even, you know, in some of the ways they utilized Burks last year, that he can he can maybe fill that gap with some end-around stuff like that. Oh, no question. He can be the slot guy. He can motion into the backfield and take a snap, and you, you can do something else. KJ, um, and Sam said what he said, and he also said it on Wednesday, that you've got to give Malik a shot. I mean, he's improved. So you give him good reps, he's going to be on the same field. The ones and twos are going to be paired together. Um, so he's going to get to see what KJ's doing, and he's going to get to catch balls from KJ. I, I think that if you've got a 
rotation of six or seven receivers that what we saw in spring, he deserves to be in it. So that means there's going to be competition. You know, when you when you get beyond Jaden Hazelwood and um, uh, Matt Landers and Keetron Jackson and uh, Jaden Wilson, uh, Bryce Stevens, he's going to be he's going to be in that mix. So guys like Quincy McAdoo, those guys are all going to be fighting for the last couple of spots in you know basically the travel roster for receivers. Um, we saw enough out of Malik Hornsby that he can get past corners and he can catch the ball. And KJ was joking around at media days in Atlanta. You know, I asked him, what did you think when you guys first put him at receiver? And he's like, well, first, you know, I had to be sure he could catch the ball. And Hornsby showed that. So you, you have to have, when you have a weapon like his speed, you have to unleash it in some ways. Um, I don't anticipate him beating out KJ. So that means, a, B in the receiver rotation, and then B, having packages for him where he, he motions the quarterback, and you can you can exploit packages, defensive packages on the field if you can get Malik to the edge. Were you surprised at all that uh, Coach Pittman pretty much named Rocket Sanders his guy? You know, and, and with Dominique, I know he's coming back from injury, but uh, he, he came right out and said, you know, Rocket's going to be the guy getting the carries as long as he's fresh. Not Not surprised in the least. You know, when we got to media days, you, you could see who was nominated at all the positions, mm-hmm. and Rocket was their lone back that they nominated, and that made me think that, you know, I, I'm not sure if we ever got the full extent of what Dominic's injury was, but apparently, you know, it's a knee injury that requires surgery. It happened before Torian Carter's, so he has a better chance of coming back this year. Sam was very vague about when he'd be able to return. Like, you know, he's going to he's gonna be there in the meetings and all. Um probably not available for the Cincinnati game. Well, no, when you're coming back from deep surgery, you're not going to be available for Cincinnati. It's probably going to be a few weeks in. So they know now it's going to be Rocket, and that means A.J. Green gets a better shot, and that means Rashad DeBinion gets a better shot, and anybody behind them like Jointer and the rest of the back are going to get more practice time and more game time until Johnson comes back. And it's, it's basically a good problem to have that when he comes back healthy, then you've added a, 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 a hoff to your load there. And um, I think Rock, Rocket Sanders has a chance to be a breakout star in the next Yeah, I, uh, I agree. We saw some flashes from him. And, and his spring was really good, too. Uh, Dominique's injury, that's a weird deal. I mean, they never, I mean, really even discussed it. And I remember reading a report, Tom, that they were hoping he would be back at the end of uh, uh, spring, spring uh, ball. And obviously, you know, that wasn't the case. So it must have been a lot more significant than they've, they've led on. We, we have entered an era where they're just not going to be totally explicit about what injuries are and how long guys are going to be out. And Sam Pittman said in Atlanta, hey, guys, you know, it's not, it's not trying to keep you guys in the dark or fool you guys. It's for our opponents. But what that means is they don't want anybody to, to really know the extent. And, yeah, I bumped in, you know, Dominic was hurt a little bit leading into the bowl game, and -hmm. you can clearly see he wasn't himself. So there was something going on in the knee, and then when they got in there, apparently, okay, this is going to require surgery. I bumped into him in the Tampa airport. He was in fine spirits. You know, they just won a bowl game, a flying-out day of the game or night of the game, and he just like, yeah, you know, I'm a little hurt. So in my mind, I didn't think it it was major, but apparently it was more major, and uh, they kept everybody pretty much in the dark and loved the kid. He, he was he was one of Arkansas's biggest 
surprises at one of their best positions last year. That he is he, he essentially uh, overtook Traylon Smith for the lead role at tailback and was a stud in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And what a great story that was. And uh, I hope that they wait long enough and they get plenty of production from their backs. That when he comes back, he's fully healthy and he could be a big boost midway or late in the season. Tom, last year Arkansas set the bar for a rushing attack in the Power Five. We asked earlier yep. this week, do they exceed it or fall short of it? What's your expectation? Uh, okay, so the number was two two twenty seven, I believe, which is Sounds a great right. rushing number. Uh, just a, just a great rushing number, and KJ. What I hope they do is I hope K.J. runs about 15% less or 20% less than he ran to save wear and tear on his, you know, his knees and hips and so on, ankle, and, and that the, the backs get a little bit more action. Uh, the threat of K.J. running always has to be there. He kept it you know, in some situations where they needed big runs, and he got some. So um, I just think they're going to be able to spread it around and that between Rocket, Green, Dubinian, and then Johnson when he comes back, they can take a little bit off of that. I'd like to see KJ instead of getting 664, get somewhere around 500, and then push up the running backs to the six and 700 range. Um, and I and I think they're going to be right on par. Um, teams are going to scheme up to you know maybe make KJ beat them with a pass a little bit more and commit more personnel and safeties to to slow in the run. And in that case, Hazelwood, Keytron, Landers, these guys have got to get deep, Hornsby, and catch deep balls to loosen things up and open the field up. I'm excited about Trey Knox. What do you think the ceiling is for him? Yeah, he can be a very, very good tight end. I mean, I think he's not going to be the most physical blocking guy, but I think you know he's not the guy you have to hide in, in terms of, like, if he's on the field, oh, they're not running. I think they can run the ball with him on the field, but I also think he's going to be able to defeat a lot of linebackers, a lot of nickels um, with his route. And I think he's got good hands. You saw in certain games where they had to drive the field in late-game situations, Mississippi State and Ole Miss in particular, they went to Knox over and over. He's a great little outlet. You know, if it's third and six, you know, get seven yards, get eight yards with a Trey Knox pad. I think I think Kendall Bryles is going to have uh, riches, a, a wealth of riches that he can turn to in certain situations where they can, they can hold a play and free a guy up like Knox convert a key third down in moments of the game and I'm, I'm excited for him as well what about wide receiver who do you think uh, jumps out and becomes the number one the go-to guy or do you think they have a go-to right. guy I, a know, number one guy yeah kj pointed out that keetron made the biggest strides in the summer so he's got to be in that upper echelon and then i think hazelwood stats and what we saw of him in spring playing with an injured shoulder tells us he's going to be in the upper echelon I think you can add Hornsby to the mix. Um, and then, uh, you know, Bryce Stevens has a chance. But I, I think the three I mentioned there are going to be in it. Matt Landers will have a chance. Uh, Stan said yesterday or Wednesday, he is fast. So you're talking about a six-five guy who's fast. You can do things with that guy. Uh, so I think I he's think- going to have a chance. Yeah. Sorry, sorry Tom. I, was gonna say, I think I love Warren Thompson more than anybody else does. I'm the only person that ever brings him up. I think you you do. I do. You're the president of the I, fan club. I think he's fantastic. I love I love the way he gets open on the deep ball. I think he's going to be a huge threat, and I think he'll be a key player this year. And we have when we talk to other people about him or about receivers, his name doesn't really come up either. I mean, so you're certainly in good company. But um, 
I mean, I saw enough from him last year, Tommy. Kind of, kind of Rocket Sanders-ish to me. I saw enough where I feel like he can, you know, give you some more. And it seemed like he had pretty good report, KJ, too. Yeah, you know what? I, I did not mean to underplay him. There was another receiver in my head that I was, I was trying to think of, and that's him because he caught a few deep balls. But he had games like UAPB where, you know, he dropped a touchdown pass. And I think he's mm-hmm. got to be more consistent uh, with those and then, you know, completely have KJ's trust to if it's third and 15 and he gets deep and he's got one step that he's going to come down uh, with the ball. And, and so he's going to get his chances as well. Look. I made yeah. this statement a moment ago. I think Kendall Browse is going to have a, a wealth of guys who, on key third downs, they can turn to different guys. And I'm not saying that they're going to light the world on fire and, and add another 500, 600 yards to their total offense. I just think that their weapons are going to be varied, and there's not going to be a trailing Burke to absorb so much of the action. It's going to be spread around. Yeah. Let me be um... – I mean, they could, they could double team all they wanted last year with Traylon. He could he could beat the double team, so it didn't make any difference. But yeah, I think it, it is going to be interesting. This team, that's the one thing is depth and versatility. It seems like uh, is there better than you know in most years. So it's exciting. It really is intriguing. But you know, last year Traylon commanded double teams or attention, and that helped other players get open, and that helped the running game. Do you think that'll be missed this year? Um, I think it will be to some extent, but I also think between Hazelwood and the guys we just talked about, that they're going to find a guy who's a trustworthy deep ball guy, and that's going to commit, you know, a, a, a safety, you know, to bracket somebody. And um, that's what great offenses are about, right? Being unpredictable, being able to, you know, read what KJ is going to read on the mesh with the back, and then operate the offense from there. Um, and the fact that, it's a second year with Browns and KJ. I think they can diversify, add to the packages, and they have a chance. If they don't, if they don't try to try to do too much, they have a chance to build on the offense and and improve it by a few hundred yards when it's all said and done. So, what do you? What, what's your biggest concern? I mean, what what what's the issue with this team? Um, biggest concern: uh, the O line. Is it going to solidify? Um, they they got overwhelmed. They got swamped a few times in the spring. And I, I think, yes, they were doing a lot of blitzing. They needed to find out who were their best blitzers and what were their best blitz packages. But there were times where K.J. It was like the LSU game. You remember where you felt like every snap K.J. was having to elude somebody pretty quick. And, you know, that game more than any other just showed me that K.J. was a very, very good college quarterback that he didn't let all that pressure and pursuit get to him. They, he made big plays happen, like the pass to Johnson. He scrambled a few times. You know, he was stacked up some, and he was on the move a lot. But he made it happen. So I would say the O-line, I would say finding that trustworthy, deep ball guy, those are on, those are high on the list of things to get done in this camp. And then, like, the pass rush. You know, are they going to be able to have enough personnel to, A, defend the run game when you're in third and shorts, and then B, to, to defend third and longs and, and, and trust your cornerback and get some kind of pressure, put the quarterback off his mark. Those are my biggest concerns. Tom, we're going to let you go, buddy. I appreciate you. Have a, uh, it'll be a busy weekend, I'm sure, with this going on. So we certainly appreciate the time, and we will catch up next Friday. You bet, man. It's going to be a lot of fun stuff between now and next Friday that we can uh, dissect on, on this segment. Thanks, man.